Theory Podcast. Boom, what's up, people? Welcome to Creative Theory Podcast, the show that brings you conversations with visual artists about how they got to where they got, what their day-to-day is like, what their struggles are, thoughts in the art world, and a lot, a lot more. Um, feeling very excited for this one today. You got a big name in the concept art industry. Uh, he's a concept artist for games, film, and TV, and various other media. Uh, with over 15 years of experience, some of his clients include Ubisoft, Eidos, MPC, Lionsgate, Universal Pictures, just to name a few, and he's currently working as a visual development artist at Marvel Studios. Uh, Jeff Simpson, thank you so much for joining the show. I'm so happy to be here. I cannot contain myself. <laughs> awesome. I'm uh, glad you took some time. I know we're just talking about uh, great Vancouver weather, and I guess some days we're getting spoiled. Um, I'm actually, I am curious because uh, you're in Vancouver now, but I think you've been in Montreal for a while. Um, kind of what made you want to go back to the city? I mean, I spent the last 10 years of my life in Montreal um, working for Ubisoft and the, the plethora of game studios they have out there. It's not fair. <clears throat> um, but I just missed, I missed the, the smell of the ocean and uh, tall trees and um, um, mild winters and grass and flowers and greenery, to be completely honest. So... It was not a uh, career decision, probably, because there's so much work out in the East Coast. But um, yeah, at some point, you just go, where do I want to, to live in my life? And I, li- I love the West Coast, so <laughs> I got to do it at some point. Totally. I was going to say, that's where your like, life wins over the career path. It, it, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if I recommend it, but like, I'm from here. And, and there's always that, that you always just have these idyllic places. And luckily, my idyllic place is where I grew up. <clears throat> Unfortunately, mm. you have to be a millionaire to live here, so that's not so great. But um, at least I, I have a place that I enjoy being, I suppose. Totally, especially where you live. I mean, you're close to the beach and yeah. like, you were there, so it's like it, that's definitely the most I mean, real estate. <laughs> we're renting it. We're renting a tiny basin. Right? It's not like <laughs> this is long term. This is just I told my, my fiance, I said, I just want to be where I liked to be back in the day and then we'll find something more affordable. So mm. we'll see where Do it goes. Have- do you actually feel the difference? Um, like I know there's game studios here, but certainly not as much. Same with film as compared to Montreal. I'm guessing yeah. all the tax, tax cuts there are helping. But are you feeling like having moved back here? And I know we're all working from home, do you, but do you actually kind of feel the difference of how much is going on here compared to Montreal? I mean, <clears throat> the fantasy was come back here and, yeah, talk to game studios and, and film studios. But honestly, yeah, because of COVID, I, I'm at home and um, it's hard to get a feel i definitely remember leaving vancouver they were all saying oh it's gonna get better and better um (laughs) i don't know if that happened over 10 years uh lots of little film uh not little but um you know uh film uh vfx places i've talked to a few of them but uh we'll, we'll see how it goes um vancouver has always struck me as a very cold um not uh physically but emotionally kind of cold work not not very loose and fun so i'm a little afraid of it to be honest um it i don't know if it has the best reputation but uh we'll see maybe it's changed a lot of indie studios now though that's good yeah that's interesting to to hear your perspective in that sense uh about because i mean like the the cold thing i mean maybe people see it and even just like meeting new people but about um the studios 
I have noticed that a lot of film studios here are generally like outsourced. So even for something like what you do, you know, this, the early design work, I don't know how much of it, like I can see how, you know, there's a lot of like later, you know, effects, animation and so on work being mm -hmm. done, but that's a tricky one. And so, but it's interesting. So you're currently working for Disney for Marvel and that's, you know, not even in Canada. Right. So do you prefer yeah. be, be having this kind of work? Have you always done freelance or did you prefer being in a studio? I mean, this is my first, I did freelance my, my whole career, but just evenings well, and weekends when I was younger. And I, I, I just did that <laughs> and just yeah. life. Um, a little older now and it's a little harder to do. Um, and I don't want to do it. Um, but yeah, my first time full-time freelance this year. Oh, sorry, that was my cat. Um, freelance is, is yeah, I, it's interesting. It's very stressful. Um, I've had a lot of anxiety recently over it and I'm sure I'll be fine. It's just the fear of, of, of uh, the fear is there or <laughs> the salary. There was not much fear in terms of stability, especially at Ubisoft, which is going to crank out Assassin's Creed and Far Cry's until the end of time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Vancouver. Yeah. It, a lot of contract stuff, a lot of less creative stuff and a lot more sort of production focused. I feel like it's always been that way. And I don't know why Vancouver has always had the problem of not having a, a, as creative a culture, I suppose, as, as Montreal or East Coast or even California, because we have such great nature and, and everyone's so healthy out here. Totally. But I guess it's because we're new. It's an, it's, Vancouver's only been around 100 and change years right so you you think that's what makes a difference because i also feel like at the same time man i know a lot of really good artists in this city like i don't oh, know how how for sure there's talent talents here it's just mm -hmm. the sense of identity is not i think but does it come down to culture would you say or does it come down to just policies like because you know culture is culture but people are not putting money into it for a reason uh, right for sure i mean it might, it might go hand in hand um there's money here there's talent here it's just people maybe don't want to take the risk because it's too expensive or I don't know. I I'm an artist. So I have to go, or we're both artists, but I have to go for the, yeah. the culture route because it's more interesting for me to think about because money and politics is, is less interesting. Um, <laughs> yes. But in Montreal, you feel it because you have all these Europeans and French guys and everywhere across all around the world end up in Montreal and they all bring their, their unique flavors and they embrace it. And uh, I think that speaks a lot. Um, certainly Vancouver has very international um, it's a very multicultural place as well, but I think just because it's there's less history and there's less mm. drive to make art and maybe a more drive to make money, I suppose, which might be a bit too cynical, but that's just how I view it, I suppose. Man, this is so interesting to think about, though, because um, I know that culture and history and yeah, I know that makes a difference. But I mean, I haven't experienced, I've been in Vancouver for 17 years, so I've never experienced it. But that's so fascinating to hear. And I imagine that's fascinating to hear for anyone in any city just to, if you've never experienced living or working anywhere else, this difference that you're bringing up, it's like yeah. you may never even know it, but it's it's so interesting how that plays a difference. And I know like Europe is full of crazy talent and talent that thinks of animation is like completely different way than North America does. So if you're getting that blend of people, that must be amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think about it a lot, you know, especially yeah, living here and then, and then going to Montreal. I didn't ever worked in, in Europe or England. I imagine it's, <clears throat> it's different as well. But even Ubisoft, because it was such a, it's been around that building, it's been around since 1980s, I think. 
Nice. Um, or the nineties. Um, and you had people working there for 30, 30 years or something, which is almost unheard of in, in, in some parts of our industry because it's so new. Oh yeah. And they, and it, it was really interesting. And, and, um, I, don't know, I think there's something to be gained. Um, but there's not much you can do about it. You just have to wait, I suppose. I'm sure Vancouver will, will, will be fine. Um, but it is just slightly harder to, to find a, a sense of soul, I suppose, in the, mm. in the industry here. I don't know how to explain it more than that. Do you think it's possible to find a sense of soul in the industry in general? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so, too. Like, Because that's a general, I feel like often, you know... Um, I, I don't know if it's a fair complaint, but you know, like you're working for a client, but to creative to foster a culture where you're told what to do, but you still get to be creative. That's a unique, that's a tough thing to that's, foster. That's the struggle, isn't it? Um, yeah. I mean, that's why I went freelance. Cause I was at UB for a long time. I did a lot of Assassin's Creed's and it was great. I mean, I loved my team. And it, we did a great work. And then I just went, um, I want to do something else. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it is creative, of course, uh, but eventually you, you want to do something other than a, a warrior, right? Mm. Or an assassin, I suppose. And you, you're like, well, yeah, I want, I want that freedom, but where, where does one find that truly? Unless, yeah, it's a the struggle that I'll live with the rest of my life, probably. But that we all will, I suppose. Oh, for sure. No, I, and especially when we're, there's, you know, there's that fire in you to do what you want to do and then there's the you know how much of that can be apparent in your full-time work and how the you know what I mean to get that itch without having to do hours during your free time to try to yeah. get What's that even scarier for me now <clears throat> is I'm realizing that sometimes I don't know what I want to do because you've been doing other people's things for so long totally that you fear that you you don't really know you like the idea that you know what you want to do that's mm. great and then it comes down to there's as a weekend and you can do whatever you want. And you go, I, there's so much I want to do. And there's so little I can, and, and you freeze, which is what happens to me. So I, I do sometimes need someone to tell me what to do a little bit. Otherwise I'll do nothing. Um, or it'll be so incoherent that there will be no way to make a, a product out of it. Um, Were so you always like this? Cause I struggle I'm discovering. So it is a new struggle. Like in the past, you're able to just sit down and do what you like, you know, you're, you knew yourself enough where you sit down and you're like, this is what I like and I'm making it. Well, the drive was there, right? Cause you're like, I'm going to make images that will get people's attention and then they'll get a job and then life will just be finished and it's done. It's, you know, all, all <laughs> and everything's great. But now, and then you realize even after you've shipped all these games and you got some notoriety and then you go, uh, <laughs> wait, what was I doing? Wait, what do I really like? And the end, and you have to think about that. And then you have to think about even what it is you like. Why do you like it, really? Uh, and sometimes you might be embarrassed about why you like it, or you don't want to show that part of yourself anymore, or, or you're, mm. I don't know, it, it, maybe it's just what the mid-30s are like. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I wish I, I was I, those people that was like, I've always wanted to make this, and it's very mm. specifically that thing. And it's like, yeah, I suppose, but like, I'm very you know, I can change change opinions about things. It's very fluid. So I've never been that sort of set on something. It sounds very human and I completely understand. I was actually like speaking with a coworker recently, but I think that this idea of knowing self and what you like, mm -hmm. or I know a lot of artists who have that, including myself, because uh, I, I see what you're saying. Like if you knew well enough, I think your life would be so much easier where there would be less stress about just trying to figure out how to even 
where to even express yourself, you know, because yeah. we, we need that, right? Like as an artist, like you, that's, that's how you feel good generally sometimes, yeah. you know, <laughs> to know how to get it out. Yeah. Uh, I guess I got a couple of questions kind of along the same line, because I mean, even just so you hmm. touched upon, you know, doing the work, you're saying how doing the work for others to try to get jobs. But for me, um, kind of looking at your art and looking at your work, it's already got a distinct taste. And to me, it, it, it kind of creates more questions about because it looks like you and yet you're saying you're often doing it for others, you know, or not you know, I'm sure that was part of the plan, but like whether to get jobs, to get noticed, or just to make yourself happy. It's interesting that those two things were able to happen at once. Um, so maybe a, a question as during the times when you're creating work that you thought, you know, would get you picked up, you're still somehow managed to do it. I don't know, like you do, how did that happen? Like, were you conscious that you're, because you did, it's not like you painted like blizzard style and you know, whatever yeah. you got the job, like you managed to do it like you. That's funny. Um, it's funny for me to think about because to be honest, to totally honest, I'm not really trying to be me. I'm trying to do what is required and is the standard because I'm not very good at certain things. It ends <laughs> up looking like me, whether I want it or not. Um, I shouldn't say that. I should say, yeah, this is what, I, but no, that's just, unfortunately how I draw or paint or render or, 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 um, whatever thanks for being honest man it, well <laughs> i mean it, it's hard to be honest in these days because you need to show that you know what you're doing and people want to be taught by you and stuff and and you have to feign this sort of like well this is definitely like someone's t t asking me today is like how do you think about shapes i'm like ah uh, <laughs> uh yep yep uh, i think about them i i like them <laughs> but like i when I really think about it, I go, well, I've seen Dermot Powers work. I've seen, um, I've seen all these people's work when I was growing up or looking at art books and mm -hmm. I go, that looks cool. <laughs> uh, that looks interesting. I'd like to do something like that. And then through enough, basically you know, you're copying essentially there's their styles and, and you're looking at how they would show something that looks cool. <laughs> I know that sounds mm -hmm. dumb. And then you no. just get an eye for it and you keep repeating this because you're human and there's only so many things you can do uh, intentionally. And um, it just starts to, it just starts to build up. Um, it's very hard for me to, to break it down, uh, which makes teaching hard for me because yeah, they, they, how, do you, how do you use value to portray um, you know, storytelling, I don't know. Uh, just look at this artist he does it really well this guy does it really well they think I do it really well okay but it's 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 incredibly difficult to, to break it down and sometimes the more I break it down the less interested I am in it because it's like well <laughs> the magic yeah well this is why I'd always have trouble if if, if I had to do order Warcraft style or something because it's like it's everything in my brain would say no don't don't do that that but Warcraft's like, no, make it smooth and perfect. And yeah. my brain's like, no, that, that's not how, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, people say it looks traditional, but I do love traditional painting, or not actually doing it, but I love looking at traditional painting because it is rough and, and not perfect. And digital is cold, uh, that word again, cold and lifeless and kind of unappealing to me. Mm -hmm. So I sort of try to fight that. 
um, which can get problematic because for concept art, you have to be as clear as you can be. But I, yeah. I think there's something lost if you're trying to be too perfect because what's the point of anything then? Uh, <laughs> and yet perfect things are supposedly made, you know, that's an interesting thing. When yeah. And I think that's why probably so many people are leaning into 3D because it creates that perfect but cold feel. Even like, I mean, even yeah. I'm doing it because for work, you know, we got to do these keyframes and it's like 100 people fighting 100 people. You're like, well, I'm not going to fucking ping that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go into DAS 3D and I'm going to set up some models because damn, like, um, and then you get that look and you go, ah, damn. But, uh, you know, it's conveying an idea and that, and a concept art is about conveying an idea. And if the idea is conveyed, great. Um, but it's not, a, a, it's not sometimes that interesting to look at, unfortunately. But that's a whole conversation about what directors want and what fans want or what the illustrator wants or what the artist wants. And there's all, all these different things. This, this cloud of what concept art is still kind of fuzzy. Mm. Uh, and I know people like to say, this is concept art. This is not, this is illustration. <laughs> like, okay. Like we're making cool images to inspire people to, to make an interesting design, to tell a story. We're not engineers, although some of us are, and that's awesome, but mm -hmm. I cannot do that. I could fake it enough to convince some people amazingly, but uh, I, you know, at, at one point you've become a bit too much of a robot and I, I can't, I can't go there as much as I'd, I'd love to be able to. Mm -hmm. It almost sounds like there's a bit of this kind of like cognitive dissonance between what the industry needs and what the artist needs. Like at least especially <laughs> yeah. for you. Sure. And so I guess it'll be interesting to know in your jobs to date, how much were you able to embrace? Like, so you made an example was like Blizzard, like you want to make things the way you want to make them because it feels right. How much mm -hmm. of that were you able to do during your career and how much of it is like just being forced into do what the project needs, stop it, you know, how much was that yeah. experience? I've, I've been lucky. I've always had great art directors um, who um, chose me to be on because they like what I do. So, Amazing. you know, um, and I'm not doing, I've always been doing usually fantasy or historical stuff. So it's a bit sort of loosey goosey in terms of mechanical functionality and things like <laughs> that. So, you know, uh, everyone knows like what, what certain things are. And so you don't have to explain as much, but um I've just been lucky to be honest. Um, you can get put, sometimes I've been less lucky and, and the person goes, no, I want it to be, I want to see the pores on the skin. Uh, I don't want to see a single breaststroke. And then I kind of, I kind of zone out. I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> oh, what I, um, so I just been lucky to be honest. And it, and some people are less fortunate. Um, but yeah, my art director at Ubisoft is Raphael Lacoste, and he like he he was easy to read, and he could tell what he liked, and he liked um, things that had um, the wow factor and, and something that was a little a little different and a little less um, typical, and that was fun to to make him happy, and and he trusted me, and that was that was really good, and I had him for seven years or something. Um, my art directors at Marvel have been fantastic. Um, oh. Good, good bosses. So that's that's a trick to get get a good boss. But it's a lot of it is due to what you do and how you do it. I, I wrote sure. this kind of down these couple of sentences, and I think that's exactly along the same lines. Uh, but I was, I was going to say it feels like um, you know there's concept artists who fit the industry standards, and then there's mm -hmm. artists who make the industry and the art world adjust to them. And from the outsider perspective, mm -hmm. I feel like the way you execute your work is so unique and and. I'm guessing it's in demand because judging by the projects you have been on, that's just how I see it. But 
do you see that your art voice or, you know, whatever you want to call it, it has been setting the tone for the industry? Uh, uh, sometimes I see that, but then I, ch I have to check myself. I go, well, I didn't come up with that. <laughs> like, uh, I'm very cautious about that. Um, I'll, I'll see some things and I'll go, hmm. But um, maybe, uh, certainly some people uh, on certain games, they'll be like, I'll, I'll poke them or, or we'll be in a Twitter thread or something. They'll be like, oh yeah, we're, like, we're big fans of your stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Like, cool. Um, so maybe, but uh, I don't want to get, I don't want to claim too much there because I wouldn't even know what it is sometimes that I'm trying to set. It, I just think this looks good. <laughs> that's why and I feel like I you're, like... yeah, go ahead, sorry, man. No, I, I got nothing. <laughs> I just feel like that's where you, you know, kind of five minutes ago, or you're a little too humble and dismissive of the fact that your art turns out the way it does just because you can't do a certain thing, because there's clearly this, like, you got this, uh, you know, it's darker, there's a flavor to it. And um, because I'm, I'm just judging by images on Instagram, and I think a lot of it is your personal work. Uh, it feels like, you know, you clearly sat down to make a thing and it didn't turn out looking like, uh, I don't know, it didn't turn out looking like a shiny character from, I don't know, you name it a game. Like it comes out, it's got a, it certainly has a flavor and it's certainly a thing, you know, you've chosen to make this kind of looking character. So that's your, the way I read it. And I mean, let me know if it's true is like, that's your taste, right? That's, that's like you yeah, said, you make it because I, yeah. it looks good. Yeah. It's your taste. You're, 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 a, you're a machine and then you put these artists that you like into your brain and um, maybe even, to a lesser extent music and, and fine art and uh, whatever. And then you sort of mulch it down and you puke out whatever comes out. Um, <laughs> so I'm definitely a product of my influences. Um, but I don't know if that's special. <laughs> like everybody is, I suppose. So, well, you know, so, so the way I see it, like just visually is going to affect your work. So always be, be looking at stuff that you think is good. Um, but I always tell people, be very aware of what you are looking at and where those people got their inspiration from. Because mm. everybody's trying to be someone as someone else, usually 90% totally. of the time, I think. Yeah. Um, and so whenever you give one artist credit for setting that style, be like, well, he was, or he or she was trying to set a, a style as well that, that they thought was missing from their industry. Mm -hmm and try to understand where they were coming from and even when they were coming from. And then you keep going back. I know Pascal Blanchet is a big fan of this. If yeah. he's our director at Ubisoft, he got me hired way back in the day. Um, but everyone has their influences and it's really fun for me to, to see that. And I don't know if enough people realize that. Like artists aren't just born in a vacuum. They're, they're a product of what they saw. Like if I hadn't seen 300 by Zack Snyder when I was you know, a kid, maybe my stuff wouldn't be as, as edgy looking as yeah, yeah, yeah. embarrassing as that sounds now, but, uh, now. or even James Jean, when, when we found James Jean in the, in the late um, or the early two thousands, that changed how I saw illustration completely because it was so elegant and, and I suppose feminine, I guess if that makes sense, but it was so beautiful. And, and I was like, wow, that, that's interesting. I, I'd never even tried that. And so that changed my stuff for a while as well. I don't know, we're just products of what we see, I suppose. <clears throat> and he has so much flow. Did you ever look into what made James Jean, James Jean? Did you, did you ever look into what he looked at? Hmm. 
I remember an interview he did where he was like, well, everyone's trying to copy me, but they don't have the cultural background or the appreciation <laughs> of the source material. Yeah. I think I remember him saying that. I was like, ah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, he was looking at these, these old uh, Chinese prints and, and watercolors and things. Man, I love that's a really strong way to put it. That's a strong reply. Uh, I think it, it carries so much context for others to learn from, right? Sure. Um, it might sound a little defensive at some points, but like, because I'm sure someone can t take a style and not really know where it comes from, but just be like, this is cool. And they yeah. just do it. And yeah, they might just be able to, because they're almost Dude, different. They just crank half the that time, out. that's our job, though. Like, I mean, concept artists, yeah. that's what, yes. fortunately, unfortunately, that's what we have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so I, what you're saying, how certainly everyone is a combination of things they lived with, saw mm -hmm. when they're growing up, what they liked, you know, maybe, you know, they listen to some album, like you said, a certain pivotal point of their lives and kind of your collection of those tastes. It just somehow, for whatever reason, and I, I my guess is just because you're a crazy hard worker, is that you are able to push yourself farther to like to to find yourself in art, you know, and I, I know you're not done, but somehow you're able to achieve that because like you said everyone's has it everyone has a unique voice is just you know everyone's also on a search trying to find it uh, yeah. but some people do it better better than others and some for whatever reason like but and now talking to you it's interesting to know that even though you're at Ubisoft for seven years I look at your resume and you've been at so many other studios because you're freelancing so you're yeah. just working like a madman I was. And, <laughs> and that's but I, honestly I don't know if you feel like that, but to me, that's part of an explanation of how you are able to refine yourself so much. Because, you know, it's not easy. It comes with a lot of effort. Do you feel like that? Hmm. Yeah, it's been it's been varied, uh, the work. Um, I don't know if the work, yeah, it doesn't always change you. Some projects you go on and you definitely become more of yourself because yeah you are trying to push something a little bit as much as you can um but my i think i, I did a i worked for next there was a nexon bought a company in california for a bit and i worked for them last year mm -hmm. and that was pretty interesting because the work i was doing was very production focused and assassin's creed was kind of loose we could kind of get away with a little bit more um but this is very much they want a t-pose back front side yeah, they yeah. it all to be clean and stuff i was like oh this is gonna be and it's all very anatomy based like mostly just naked people do and anatomy i hate anatomy because it's a pain in the ass <laughs> um this is unfortunate because i'm a character designer <laughs> so it's like yeah. oh, why did i, I do it well <laughs> yeah I fake it yeah i fake a lot so then they're like no we want front side so i'm just just naked don't worry about the clothes i'm like oh god so i'm doing all these muscles and just playing around and i i did learn a little bit but um and I started to really like doing um, production stuff like front uh, T-poses and things because it's all design at that point. Yeah, yeah. And that's nice. I really like design. Um, you don't have to worry so much about the rendering anymore. And you're mm -hmm. just playing with shapes and textures. And that's, that's like abstract art at that point, which is, I think, probably where I'm going to head in the end because I'm getting less and less interested in figurative, mm -hmm. um, which is um, poison to say to most uh, concept <laughs> artists. Um, but yeah, so you do learn from 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 your your jobs and your assignments and your your coworkers. Um, when I was put on Assassin's Creed, uh, uh, like seven ten years ago, whatever, um, I was working with all these really good, talented environment uh, guys, mm -hmm. um, and they didn't want to do characters. So I'm like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> 
but they were so good. I was like, wow. And I just avoided it. I said, no, they're too good. I'm not even going to try doing environment for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. Um, Backgrounds are just a a means to an end. It's like, whatever, stick a gradient. Um, But now for Marvel, they're like, okay, Jeff, keyframe time. And I'm like, oh no, I've been (laughs) avoiding keyframes for 15 years. (laughs) And now I'm just doing them because there's no time and they got to get done. And they're, they're okay. They get to get the job done. I don't know if they're anything go. It's hard to tell. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so, yeah, you don't really have a choice, but that does let you grow because you're like, oh, I don't want to do it. Oh, shit, I have to. Okay. But you realize with concept art, don't stress so much about it because it just has to be done so quick. Just do whatever it takes to whatever it takes. Like, just bash it. Just 3D it. Just whatever. Just do it. Yeah. So, and people find so many ways to get into it. Yeah. And I, I guess the, yeah, along like, the same. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> I was gonna say along the same lines. Um, it's it seems at least you know I've been in the industry for ten years and I was an animator first, mm-hmm. but it seems that at least in my experience, you're lucky if you're on a project where it can actually help you grow. Because I feel like you know, mm-hmm. and maybe it's what you're talking about Vancouver. I don't know, but I've certainly been on projects where you do the job, but it has nothing to do with what where you want to go. And that's a tough one. And again, mm-hmm. like it's it's cool to hear from your experience that there have been projects that pushed you. And I, I know there's, you know, you can definitely l- learn a lot from every project, even if it, especially maybe if it's outside of your comfort zone or what you like to do, right? I think maybe it depends on your point of view, but it's it seems so cool that you were able to be in these projects where they kind of aligned. Like from, again, I wonder is like, did you did it feel like, like Assassin's Creed was like a project like perfectly fit for you? Not at all. Um, no? I mean, I... I... Or did you make I it fit? I liked history. <laughs> I liked history photo. Uh, so that was like, okay. Um, but I was, well, actually, no, I shouldn't say that. Um, they, the artists that they had before were very illustrative and very painterly looking um, mm-hmm. because they are director and, and just the vibe of UBs. They like paintings. They like traditional stuff. They like it to have, you know, a That's bit awesome. less of a clinical feel. So that was encouraged. And uh, the previous artists... Um, definitely had that style. So I learned a lot from them, of course. Um, mm-hmm. Very uh, ex- sort of exaggerated anatomy just to get the sort of heroicness of it while keeping it not too macho or anything. Um, an appreciation for details and <clears throat> it's, it's history, right? I mean, history yep. loves beautiful things. Uh, like so that was nice. So that that was great because I had, you know, seven years of that. I probably pushed it in a, a bit of a darker sort of tone I was like, I feel like you do, stuff. as you do. <laughs> I don't like, I'm not like a, I don't listen to metal and I don't wear black, you know what I mean? Like darker, I just have issues with that. I suppose more. Um, but it doesn't have to have that negative connotation though. I mean, it could be mis- <laughs> mysterious, right, right? But it's like, um, maybe just what people say dark is and what you think, like maybe that's the wrong word to describe it. Maybe that's the issue here. I just want them to look, um, want them to look like they're taken seriously i suppose mm. um like you want to you want to respect the character you want to uh, you know i think it's some don't ways want to, to laugh at yeah. them <laughs> yeah i suppose i don't know i can see that like in some ways to elevate the subject matter and to to like you said to be taken seriously it's almost things. too i i really like museum um, you go to the museum and whatever they're showing African art or whatever, and they've got that spotlight on the thing, and so it's very harsh shadows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it and it highlights the forms and things, and I like that look because it almost deifies 
mm-hmm. whatever it is. And I like that because you go like, you respect that thing because you're kind of afraid of it a little bit. Yeah. And I think that gives, that that makes something, you look at it more and you're like, oh, you know, if it's too sort of like, meh, like, <laughs> I mean, you know. It's a strong aesthetic. Have, yeah, you got to make, you got to put some magic into it, I suppose. Yeah, sounds right. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, I feel like, uh, oh, actually, well, this is what I was curious about, because you've been in the industry for a while. What was like the thing that surprised, surprised you the most about being a concept artist? Hmm. Hmm. It's the speed, I suppose. But again, mm. Ubisoft was was pretty relaxed for us because they were big projects and they took four years to make each. So, you know, there's a lot to do, <laughs> but they kind of, for character, they're like, oh, they'll be fine. And they got it. So, but uh, working for other companies, especially Marvel, uh, TV and film is is like... Remember they used to say that speed painting was like really important back in the day. And we were all like, yeah. shut up. Uh, shut <laughs> up. Uh, every day now, I feel like I'm speed painting every single day. <laughs> and uh, that's, that made me realize I need to change some of my production, um, my pipeline a little bit. Um, film and TV needs to calm down. <laughs> Holy crap. It's not though, man. I, I feel it accelerating even more. At least I TV know, of course, but you know what? That's what makes me mad because we've got all these programs now. We've got all these things to help us, perspective and, and, and 3D. And yet the speed doesn't, it doesn't change the speed at all. The speed just gets faster and faster. And so you're like, well, what's the benefit here? Like Money, I don't know. Someone's yeah, I know, I know, I know it's, yeah. it's money. But for artists, it everything gets faster and everything gets harder. And it's like, well, how is this happening? Cause we're cre- we keep creating new systems to make it. And then that sets the standard and then they go, well, I'll do that twice. And so it's, I'm too negative about it, but it, it's terrifying to me. Man, maybe um, we're also part of the problem though, because we yes. do it. Right? Yeah. Cause we're we like, okay, being... whatever you want, yeah. I'll do it in, in half a day. <laughs> yeah. Cause we can't say no. Like. Gotta make a artists. living. I don't know. We gotta make a living. So it's a little bleak. But, um, <laughs> you know, I can handle it. I can handle it for now. Uh, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, I you see, can't affect uh, that, I suppose. And this is the tricky part. Uh, again, I think this comes from, I, be, I think, being around the world and maybe experience different studios. I don't know if every studio, although many studios claim their pro-creativity and art, mm. I don't know how many of them put it on a on a top pillar as they claim to and not that they have to they're in business to make money and Mm -hmm. i completely understand that you know someone Mm -hmm. is making a risk to produce a a show and uh, that's that all makes sense how it works but uh, i don't know how many places are willing to take that you know spend that extra money just to make something that's artistically unique and it comes around rarely for example like looking at that last spider-man to me it's like that's a yeah. statement you know and those things yeah. don't come around that often someone took yeah. a big financial risk yes yeah. um you can understand though because you know a company put games cost so much to make which oh, yeah. is still incredible because you'll see one person make a game on their own in, in a year and it's amazing you go totally hmm but this this game made by AAA cost 50 million and is worse. Uh, it's amazing uh, how sort of that's a, that was a surprise coming into the industry is how everything is kind of I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, make... but who knows? Uh, um, 
but that's that's creativity, isn't it? Um, people though, people don't want things to be too creative. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we want things to look interesting, but even even people, I feel that even us, we go, we want something new and fresh. We don't want it to be that fresh because it's still a game or a film or yeah. a product. We still want it to fit into what we think Star Wars is or what we yeah. think. You know what I mean? So. I always totally. find it to sort of like understand where the wavelengths is of how different we want something to be. And I think studios are probably kind of aware as well. Sometimes, totally. um, you know, if, if David Lynch made a video game, it'd probably be a terrible game, but it'd probably <laughs> be freaking awesome, yeah. but everyone would hate it. So, yeah. you know, it's, it, but again, it's me thinking about what do, what do I really, what do I really want? you know mm. from the next i keep bringing up star wars from the next star wars what do i really want to do in anything mm. like that? It's, i say star wars because it's such a a thing that has been established it's iconic yeah what can you do with it and i'm sure they're figuring that out as well so you know it's very nebulous um but yeah the spider-man was amazing i told my uh, fiance let's go see the new spider-man and she's like ah superhero stuff i don't want i said no no it looks really cool and she <laughs> loves it and she listens to the soundtrack every day and i'm like nice good Good job every aspect of that film was good right from music to writing loved it yeah yeah do more but But, like i understand if not every company wants to do that because you need good artists um you need good tech you need good systems to make that you can't just crap that out so that is talent right there and strong vision to lead it like you know when you're making that example of like how does a triple a game is made compared to a small yeah. Uh, product like you have to wonder how much money is either wasted or how much it goes into just hurting cats you know all I mean, the art i've wasted companies but i mean <laughs> on certain i can't say on certain projects they're like do 50 characters are all going to be individually oh yeah. insane like don't worry we're gonna they're gonna be nuts and then mm. we spend months on them and they're like, oh, shit, too expensive. Never mind. And it's like, that was like a million. <laughs> How much would it cost to pay like, you know, that many artists to work that? Who knows? But it doesn't matter because that's that's what it takes to be creative. You have to fail sometimes. 100%. But I think uh, from the vision perspective, if you have someone strong at the helm, mm. then I think that time will be wasted less. <laughs> yeah, um, probably. Probably. I, 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 I'm not a good manager. I, I, I'm... <laughs> My dad is a project manager, but uh, managing me is, mm, I'm not so good at that. <laughs> yeah, interesting. It's just uh, like when to make something with a strong aesthetic, if you, if you do let a stronger director just do what they do, mm. you're more, I feel like you're more likely to end up at a strong vision, but of course sure. things get dilute, diluted, right? And sometimes yeah. for good reason, like you mentioned, like sometimes if you just let an artist do their thing, we're a niche that likes yeah. weird stuff, but yeah. that's because we're a niche, right? Like. Yes. And it, it's it's funny too. I, I've seen myself sometimes deviate, and then like a non-artist, you know, production would kind of bring me back or the clients. And sometimes yeah. you're like, oh yeah. yeah, they're right. Like I was just pushing. I was going some weird land. <laughs> That's funny. The older I get, the more, yeah, they go, mm, and I go, I, I do like I like art direction. I like to be art directed a little bit. Um, I, I see the value in it. Um. But yeah, it's tricky because you don't you don't want too much. It's a balance, like all things, like Hideo yeah. Kojima or whatever. Does he just show up and say, you know what, oh, baby in a tank? What if the baby was in a little pod? Does everyone just go, yes, sir? Or does someone say, like, no? What if it made? Sense? I don't know. I I don't know how these these um, these kind of creative people get away with what they do. That that'd be interesting to see. 
Totally. Uh, because I, I love that it works. On... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, well, I, does it work or do we, we pretend it works? I don't know. I, I, I mean, I love Death Stranding, so don't get me wrong. But like, I've always been on big projects. I mean, I work for Marvel now. I mean, they're, they're massive. So mm. I don't know what it's like to have like a strong creative lead at a smaller place where everyone is like, yeah, this person knows what they're doing. Mm. Um, be interesting. But uh, that, that, for some reason, has just not happened as much in my career. I, feel, I don't know if you'd want the weird every day, but you want it because everything else often looks so similar. So when Death Stranding comes yeah. around, you're like, oh, this is like a fresh drink of water because every, everything else looks like a thing that looks like a thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, and it's, but then once Death Stranding comes out, you see these other games that clearly looked at Death Stranding and they're like, oh, well, yeah. let's do that. And then you go like, well, it's not, yeah, all right. Uh, it's interesting. Can't avoid it. Yeah. I don't know how you, you would avoid that. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like you, so you, like kind of earlier, you mentioned that in some ways freelancing was uh, scary for you, but it, it's interesting mm. to hear from you just, again, I feel like you're uh, done such big projects. Uh, I would imagine you're well-known enough where if you needed work, you could find work. Is that true? Uh, yeah, people, people say that, but a concept artist is such a niche, uh, niche job, like, you know, you've got a team of hundreds. You got two concept artists, yeah. <laughs> especially full time. So, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm scared um, that it's such an industry. The amount of people trying to get in and the, the amount of positions available are so slim. It feels so. I don't know if if can afford to be picky. Um, and I do miss uh, working with. I miss seeing people. To be honest, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I shouldn't say it because sometimes they get grumpy, but. Um, <laughs> I, I do miss seeing people. I miss being in a team and it, I kind of miss not having to worry because Marvel is, is going good, but I've uh, been freelancing them, freelancing for them for eight, nine months. But like any day they could just say, that's it. Mm. And I was like, oh, and they probably won't because it's Disney and there's always shows to make, but I'm, I'm, I'm complaining, but like, I know everyone's been living with this for, for decades, but for me, it's new. This is a new fear for me. So I shouldn't complain because I'll probably be fine. It's just, um, yeah, like, do you want to work on that game for another four years? Is that something you want to do now after all this? And do you want to keep doing that? These are questions I, I don't have the answer to. And so that's really what scares me. It's not so much the lack of, of opportunity, but the what will I decide to do and will I be happy with it now? Mm. I don't like choice, I guess, is what I'm saying. <laughs> because then... I'm sure you want to be picky, though. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, sorry, I interrupt you, but I'm sure you'd want to be picky because, you know, what we discussed I just do. earlier, because, like, you may not want to work on a game that's trying to be like this other game that just came out because then you're just not being an authentic, you know, if you had to re yeah. make a game that looks like uh, Death Stranding go and it's like, well. <laughs> well, I'd love to, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a weird part in my point in my career where, yeah, I've got some cloud, I guess. Um, I don't know how long it lasts because everything is so quick. Yeah. And I have to keep producing personal work, which is, is tough. Uh, everything's wrapped up in NDAs for years. So it's it's an interesting point, kind of in the middle. Um, and it was a lot easier I, I, for me mentally anyway to be starting out because you you have the, the drive and you want to push and you're really ready to do anything. You're like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Screw it. Um, but yeah, once you can be picky, then you start to have a little anxiety, I suppose. So grass is always greener. I think totally.
That's very interesting to hear you say. Um, kind of what I want to chat about next is um, I saw you on your Patreon, you wrote, hmm. I like my job, but what I like even more is to draw and paint on my own. This means no clients, demands, <laughs> or expectations. That? Yeah, I want to do oh, it. No. Rediscover the love and passion I have for creating. <laughs> you, you laugh at that now. Why? I failed. That didn't work out. No? Uh, yeah, I thought like, yeah, I could just spend all my free time just really finding the love again. It didn't, I wouldn't say it worked that way. Um, art is annoying for me. When someone gives you money to make it, you want to do it less. Um, it's only really good when you don't intend it to be good. And so it's like, how do I profit from that? How do I profit from accidental success? Um, posting things that you're not happy with. I'm not one of those guys that sketches something and it looks great. Like my sketches look like ass. Um, it takes a lot of time. And so I'm, I, I was hoping I would get over the fear of, of showing that, <clears throat> but I don't think I have yet. Um, if work dries up, then I'll definitely force myself to do it more. Do you think that's a, an objective or subjective opinion? Do you think they're actually crap or just being like a, an artist? I'm probably just being an idiot, which is usual, but um, he, like you looked at, I was looking at James Dean sketchbooks when I was growing up, and I'm like, wow, like he could just sit waiting for a plane in an airport and bust some shit out, and it looks better than anything I could ever do in my life. Um, whereas when I start drawing, you'd think he handed it to a child. Like <laughs> I literally, I drew a head, and then the body's like eight times bigger than the head, and it's like. Um, but is that so wrong, really or is that just you not liking it? No, it's bad. Where is yeah. it? I don't have any here. They're bad, but um, <laughs> I need to really, my work is, is kind of abusive. I really have to physically get it to look good and it's a struggle. Maybe people will be interested in seeing that struggle, I hope. Mm. Um, but for me, it's, I don't want to pretend that it's easy. I don't want to pretend that you just sit down and you sketch and it's great because that's not true. And I don't want people to be dissuaded if that is how it, it starts out for people because everyone draws differently, right? Oh yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, I, I shouldn't have written that. <laughs> Dude, uh, this, but it sounds to me like uh, it sounds very, sounds very honest and it sounds um, in some ways uh, true to self because I see a lot of artists go for that, especially after having worked for a while. Uh, you know, every, all of us have the desire to do things that are true to us. And um, yeah. I think, I think almost every single person is, is on this journey, especially like you said, when you get paid to do the work you may become that. And like you said, you kind of, it's because you're not spending those hours. And I think it's that development needs the time to truly know who you are. It's so easy yeah. to get lost. And my guess is that's where people burn out because they kind of lose sight of yeah. why they love it. And it, it it's hard. It's yeah. sad. We all experience it. Um, yeah, that's why I thought it was really cool that you wrote it. And so I did want to ask is like, do, do you think you'll try to get to find yourself? It, it, it seems like it's a priority. I'm still trying. It's just finding the time. Um, what's annoying is that the, the older I get, the more experienced, the, the harder I've been working. And that's annoying because I don't like working that much. <laughs> um, like I, I was like, I thought the, 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 the more well-known I got, the less I would work <laughs> somehow. But now I'm working harder and harder. And I'm like, oh, I'm tired. Um, just going to charge you. Th think, but that's just like we said, the speed of the industry just keeps going faster. So Mm. Yeah, I thought I would be slowing down and I'd have more time to, to do that. Um, like, there's a lot of things I'd love to do. I, I have a degree in animation, believe it or not, um, 
from Emily Carr, but you know, I haven't animated really in 10, 15 years. So I'd love to get back into After Effects animation or even Blender. And I am learning Blender and, and stuff like that. So it is kind of fun. It's just, yeah, the time and um, you get less time as you go older, it seems, at least mm. right now. Maybe it'll come back around a little later. But um, I found myself with less time doing freelance and stuff. Um, whereas salary, you could really clock out. So maybe I'll have to go back to salary or something, but um, we'll see. But I, I'm still trying, trying to figure it out. I'm glad to hear it. I like that you're like you're you're showing how much of a real artist you are, and you just want to, in some ways, do it all. Go back to animation and do all that. You know, it's cool. I love it. I, I mean, my dream is like go back in time and be like go to school and be like whoa cool. Like I hated school, but like I'd love to go back now and like oh neat. Oh, I got to try that. I'm sure it was less fun than I think but like <laughs> you know try new programs and fail at them that sounds fun because now mm. I, I feel like there's no room to fail because everyone's expecting you to do something good every time which is tough um well, but working for marvel like I have to on the job learn how to do blender and yeah and um das 3d and all and zbrush I don't even have time to really learn it you're just doing it as as you go while trying to finish the image so that's a, it's a hell of a way to learn but at least it's getting me to sort of become familiar with it. Hmm. It's crazy to me how that's becoming more and more of a requirement for what we do, where it seems yeah. to me that the job of a concept artist is, is actually, it seems like in a moment of flux and change right now, where yeah. it feels like it's just going to become your 3D concept artist. Yeah. Like that's, that is a thing. My friend um, Martin Deschambault put it very well. Everyone is their own visual de visual development studio now. Yeah. <laughs> like you now have the jobs of a whole team. You, you got to render it. You got to do all this stuff. Um, and it's insane. Um, scary. It's scary. It's scary. But I am working with guys like Westbert and uh, Justin Sweet and Vance Kovacs, and wow. they still paint. Like I asked them, they go, "Whatever, just go paint it." <laughs> like wow. That's because they're badass, what? man. What? Well, because they're so. <laughs> fucking good they're the best in the yeah. biz so it's like all right okay Wes nice yeah. and they knock it out the park and I'm like I don't know but I mean they've been doing it for so long and, and yeah. they're legends so awesome and I'm very yeah, very honored to be work with people working with people like that like that's crazy that's amazing that you get to yeah that's that's cool because they're like legends but it's like yeah no, nobody's telling Craig Mullins to go model shit <laughs> Craig no. Mullins is gonna yeah <laughs> he's kind of, well you know i mean he does photo bash he's not you know i mean yeah he does whatever needs to be done and they just kind of shrug and you're like all right <laughs> i guess i'm just freaking out about this or they don't just know, don't express themselves as much i don't know yeah i i, I hope that and i uh, most likely will this just you know drawing and painting is still going to be a thing especially when you look at i don't know if like your instagram right now is flooded with uh, art from mitchell's versus the machines this recent like movie that yeah, came out on Netflix. Yeah, everyone's talking about that, but I have no idea what it is. I should look into it. Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's a movie on Netflix. I haven't watched it yet, but just seeing the art that's made for it, and I see it, I'm like, man, there's no way like to get this charm of semi-2D feeling 3D. You have to arrive at it from drawing and painting. And I mm -hmm. and at the same time, though, what you mentioned earlier, yes, you're competing for those five jobs, but um, they exist, right? I'm, I'm glad they will. And just some of this charm, especially as we're all like, too much leaning into 3D and the coldness is coming in you're talking about. Mm -hmm. I hope the pendulum swings back to the warmth of handmade. And in some ways it has well, been. 
It will. I mean, that uh, video that came out, the guy that did it is all in Blender. It looked like a stop motion Japanese uh, 60s show. What's mm. it called? Anyway, my God, he made Blender look like stop motion um, wow. completely. And you're like, ooh, yeah, stop motion is way, way more interesting looking for me than, totally. uh, than 3D stuff. So people are starting to appreciate it. But mm -hmm. I always, it's funny because our industry is so young and, and it's less young all the time, but it's so young and we think we're doing things that are evolving visual medium, but you look at history and we've been through these cycles tons of times. Um, oh yeah. Coming towards more realistic, realizing that it's limited and then you go back to the fundamentals and, and as it comes in waves and we, we shouldn't think that we're really, I'm very postmodern in thinking about that. It's like, we're, mm -hmm. we're never doing anything too new um, because we, we all have the same brains mm -hmm. and it can only do so much. And so, the way it processes the world, there's always going to be an analogy for it in history um, in terms of icons or, or sharing ideas visually. Like, you know, there's always something to glean from it um, and we shouldn't, shouldn't ignore it. So. Mm -hmm. Do you ever think of, uh, of, of how our, or how this time would be defined in history, you know, hundred years from now, do you ever wonder mm -hmm. about that? Yeah, I do. But it's so, um, how will we look at um, consumer media in a hundred years? I mean, we look stuff from a hundred years ago, we think is really charming and quaint because it was still based around these Victorian ideals of elegance and unnecessary detail just to show your wealth. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so that to us is kind of creepy and charming. I was thinking about haunted houses, like why are Victorian era houses creepy to us? Mm -hmm. And then you can break it down. It's a bunch of reasons, but the interesting yeah. one for me was that it was opulence and wealth and look, I've got even my walls have these little decorations and it's that to us seems tacky and, and unnecessary and cruel almost. Mm -hmm. And there's all these subconscious things. So yeah, in a hundred years, who knows what they'll think of our awful digital uh, looking uh, 3D stuff. Yeah. Probably not. I'm not sure. It's going to be interesting. I find it interesting to think about, especially when you know how art history has gone and like what what this period in art history would be. It's almost like right now it feels like everything is happening at once. Uh, like everything is a everything big movement. Happening. But there's so many different subsets and different audiences and different mm -hmm. things. So it'd be it would be hard to categorize because it's not like it's universal. Unless that's uh, the category. It's chaos. You know, maybe that's it. Pretty chaotic. Yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be weird because yeah, it's. I hope I hope soon we will get over neon lights and, and just kind of you know typical near future looking stuff. Good luck, man. That's where we're uh, heading. It's starting to bore me, huh? That's where we're heading, man. Have you seen that like BMW that's got a bunch of like blue lights on it that looks like a futuristic? I hate it. Car? I hate it. Why do we? Why well, that's do we what people say the future is. That's that's what's interesting. That's what we say the future. It doesn't mean it. It doesn't need to look like that. But and I hate that yeah. look. I hate the look I, of the iPhone. I hate sleek. <laughs> no, I like. Do? I like textures. I like. Mm. I like things that feel like they come from nature. I suppose. And so when you try to make something look sleek and, and stuff, to me it looks inhuman and it looks. Mm. So uninteresting, to be honest. Um, 
I'm being way too generalist. Of course, I want a new phone and I want my car to look shiny, of course. But like, nothing excites me about the design of a, of, of a computer console <laughs> or anything. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to our perception of what looks futuristic to, in air quotes, to evolve into something more interesting. But don't you find that I I, I'm so fascinated by the fact that some, some of the things that are happening now were predicted by science fiction. And at the same time, some mm -hmm. of the things that we see now were predicted by concept art or entertainment. <laughs> and, it's a, yeah. and, and in some ways, it's a scary cycle because the people coming up with this stuff were just coming up with an idea, but now you have to live with it. And I feel like, like with the chicken and the egg, you know, like Blade Runner created some of the aesthetics we probably got. Yeah. Just because, you know, a scientist or not, sorry, like an engineer actually building things, they're not going to, uh, they don't have the way to, you know, create it and be an art thing. So they hire some designer who grew up yes. on Star Wars and Star yeah. Trek and they just made a thing because that's what, what they think it is. And so uh, that worry about seeing the future in the style that's been predicted is in some ways unavoidable, right? Yeah. Well, like I said, you're, you're a product of what you're raised with, right? So yeah. it's funny, <laughs> even Blade Runner, like it was, Blade Runner was this, presented as this dystopia, mm -hmm. noir. No, it was trying to be a noir film, let's be yeah. honest. It wanted to be a gumshoe kind of detective noir with the lighting. That's why the lighting is so harsh and stuff. Totally the only hard. thing it did is we added some color to it. Um, and then people forgot that. And they thought that Blade Runner, it's this thing that just came out of nowhere and that let's make it look like Blade Runner. And it's like, well, what was Blade Runner trying to say about our awful future and what, what it looks like and why and all these things. And people seem to not, like you look at Cyberpunk and Cyberpunk, is, listen, I'm sure it's a great game, but it looks like everything and nothing to me. Yeah, um, Maybe I'm just getting old, but to me, it's just kind of, yeah, cyberpunk. It's like, yeah, but what does that mean? Yeah. What does that say about the narrative? What does that say about the characters? What does that say about the world? Is it just, hey, wasn't Blade Runner cool? Weren't the 80s cool? Like, that doesn't mean anything to me anymore. <laughs> that just feels kind of desperate. Um, that's that's a take that that's too negative, but <laughs> I like I'd love to work on a, on a cyberpunk. It sounds fun, but like, it feels a bit shallow. I think we can do a bit better than that. I don't think everyone is uh, in some ways as thoughtful with their approach is what you're saying to- No, they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be because nothing but, will get done. Nah, dude. No, no. But what I mean is that is like, it's kind of like you said, let's make something like Blade Runner, but that's the wrong thing to say. The, the, the right <laughs> thing to say is like, like, what are the actual reasons for it being the what way the it is? Like, and, the, and the thematic elements are trying to and go why? for it. Why has, is it that and why? And what yeah. has done that effectively? And let's mash those two things together if we have to. Exactly. Um, I'm, I'm sure people think this all the time, but that's just my gut reaction when I see this because we're fed all these images so quickly. It's just my first reactions to these things. Mm. I, I think there's a lot to think about there. I think good writing and, and good, um, mm. I guess you could call it world building or something like that, mm. where it has real motivations behind um, why things are the way they are. I mean, it, it's super difficult for a reason. And that's probably why we don't see it happening as much. Yeah. I mean, that kind of stuff is secondary because you want to pull people in with a trailer or an image or a screenshot. And so it's hard to get that across, you know, yeah. from a marketing standpoint. And again, maybe that's not what people want. Maybe that's what you and I want. <laughs> Honestly, like, 
like when you look at the amount of things that are like a uh, common public, but in some ways they're, you know, mediocre story or something like that, maybe, maybe like what you and I, like the genuine, genuine, genuinity, I can't say it. Like the genuine part of it that we're looking for, like, mm. for example, maybe Death Stranding. Like, I wonder if they, I, I've seen videos, I never played it, but like, like they build a world that feels like it ended up the way it is. Like it feels like you know they thought through and the history of it and how it's lived. I don't know if it is, but like it felt like from it's videos. overthought. I mean, it, exactly. It's, and maybe yeah, people don't want even that. I, even I am like, well, that's a bit much. But the world is interesting. I would like to see more of that world. And you go, you just go. That's kind of neat. We just finished um, Neon Genesis Evangelion, which I'd never seen. I mean, I'd seen pieces of it because I've been on the internet for the past twenty years, but I'd never <laughs> seen the whole series through to through. Right. And the world building is very interesting. And the, re- you know, the reason, even how the robots have to have plugs because <laughs> they can't have enough power to stand for more than a couple of minutes. That's wow. neat. You're like, oh yeah, that, that makes the world feel believable. You're like, yeah, mm. it makes sense. Even though it's, it's fantastical and, and it, uh, there's aliens and, and divinity and stuff, but it's an interesting world because to me, I hadn't seen anything like it. But like I said, I'm sure that guy, if you really want to break it down, he'd seen all these, very gung-ho animes about robots and then he wanted to make one that's a bit more <laughs> depressing and a bit more realistic and grounded in a bit way and so you go okay i see what he's doing and so that was a very cool world um like the ending was insane but uh that I was i gotta get one. on that huh? i guess i gotta go watch that oh it's mm, uh yeah mm, yeah <laughs> you don't have to finish it though okay well, you can finish it but it will ruin it so Oh yeah, depends how, so? how how masochistic you are. Mm. So the did, did the writers really get you then? Was it uh, like the way like you're saying uh, the pain? Is it the the pain for the story itself, or because it actually was turned out bad? No, it's not bad. It's good, but you you definitely feel the pain and the depression of the creator in the show. And sometimes it's a little uncomfortably too much, Mm. I would say. So that it, but that makes it quite good and unique. So, um, you know, it's an experience and that's, that's usually a plus in in my book. If they made you feel these strong feelings, I think that's, that's huge. Yeah. You got, yeah. So you might have to push it. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But I, I hate I hate to be a person that's an arbiter of what is good and bad media because even things that I dismiss, I'll come back to later. I go, ah, yeah, that was good. <laughs> it's just some visual thing about it that was distracting me. So, me you too, know, give, give things a chance. Um, but you you grow as a human. I, I think it's very yeah. it's and maybe it's not uh, as often accepted in society or whatever because mm. it makes you people. Yeah, you're going to love sweet. things that you hate. And you're going to hate things that you love. That's yeah. going to happen. And we need to accept that. You know, I, I don't want 300 is probably awful, but visually <laughs> struck a chord and you know, did what I had to do, you know, but I'm sure it was, it's, it's a problematic film. <laughs> <laughs> and probably in many ways, but it's stylized and I'm glad yeah, that they cool. took such a strong stance. Awesome. Yeah. yeah cool. Um, you touched a, uh, kind of earlier about the fact that you think you may head towards abstract art at some point. And mm. the reason why I asked you the question about, you know, the thing you wrote on Patreon is kind of, I want to talk about this more. I want to talk about um, what your, the work that you do for yourself, what would that look like? And how do you think you'd find it? Well, when I really break, when I'm trying to do personal work, 
and I'm getting frustrated because the anatomy isn't working out or um, the character looks stupid or, or corny. Um, I start to realize that I'm having more fun just taking random pieces and playing with shapes and colors. And that, and those little things, like the accents have more humanity to it and more personality to it than the, the concept, I suppose, of what I'm creating, a character with a gun or whatever. Mm. Or even if, even the face of a, of a pretty girl or whatever, which is kind of the baseline that we all sort of do because subconsciously <clears throat> we're like, well, this people like this and people, yeah. when they see a face on Instagram, they like it. We can't help it. But it, that f the face is, is meaning. It's just, it ends up being meaningless. It's just a, an avenue to, to, to get your point across. Yeah. And it, I feel like it, it, it eventually you, I'm just going to say, fuck it. I'm, I'm interested in these shapes and colors. Um, whether or not other people are, I'm not sure. But um, for me, I get great satisfaction if I do a, a certain color next to a certain gradient next to a certain texture and I go this is this looks cool I don't know why but it visually it feels right it feels correct and um that I think is the, the sort of purest form of art mm. that uh, I like doing um and you don't have to worry about things like preconceived notions of of, of the the image that you're representing that everybody has this baggage right um so I'm interested in exploring that it's just uh you know some people might get turned off because they need a subject and they mm. need to, to know what it is you're drawing, but you're not really trying to draw anything. You're just playing around. So. Uh, that's very, I'm, I'm curious to see how you, uh, how you grow into that. Cause I, I can totally yeah. see that happening. Yeah. I mean, I shouldn't uh, career wise, but I don't know. Well, that would be I, when I, I just want to have fun. But don't you think that like career doesn't need to define you? Mm, this is a thing. I'm, I'm starting to realize that I, I care a lot about my career um, because it gave me a sense of purpose and we all want purpose. And it's hard to, to justify just painting, especially in Photoshop and digital. I know NFT is trying to do all that stuff, but for now mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't quite make sense to be a, a digital artist. No, that's not right. It doesn't make sense for me to produce it. I don't even want to print them. I hate printing. I, mm -hmm. I have no interest in showing in galleries or anything. So why would I do this? Um, I have a hard time justifying it. So I, is it, I might is come it, to it. Is it dangerous to care so much about the industry? Yeah, of course, but I can't no. help it. Uh, you went to Emily Carr, so it's like, when do you, when do you mm. get back to some traditional medium? I don't like doing traditional art. I like <laughs> doing digital art. The problem is digital art, digital art hates d traditional looking stuff. So... It's a bit of a oh, yeah. conundrum and a paradox, but I'm kind of interested in that. That makes it a little interesting. I don't want to, part of me doesn't want to just end up trying oil painting and then I create a shitty oil painting. Then it's like, oh, okay. So I like a, a bit of a challenge and a bit of a sort of paradoxical element to it. I think that makes it kind of, kind of neat. Um, but yeah, traditional always will create more interesting results for now, maybe in the future that won't be the case, but yeah, I mean, I've always tried to incorporate traditional elements into 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 my digital work, like a scanned paint or or um, paper texture or uh, whatever. Um, mm. Less and less because I'm getting lazy, but um, yeah, scan in literally anything, and it will 
serve as an interesting base for your digital work. I don't know why everyone's having such a hard time figuring this out. Just just scanning a leaf or scanning a, a, a paper or a carpet and then paint there, on that. You got texture, boom. What's the problem? There's so, a cheat, everyone. The, the, the secret is revealed. The just fucking scan something. Take a fucking photo with your iPhone. It's got a good camera. I know, and right? then just paint over it and don't worry about it looking messy. There you go, texture. That's, that's, so what a, <laughs> what's this conundrum then? It seems like you don't want to do prints yet digital hmm. artwork feels like it's off because it's not a single one-off thing that's unique to what the product is and that and it, yet, is so, hmm? it serves such little purpose it doesn't even have a commercial purpose which i find kind of interesting um because it's not the final illustration i don't like the pressure of finality in art mm. I, get uh, I, I don't thrive off of it. This is why I'm a concept artist and not an illustrator <laughs> as much. Uh, I like the idea that like, here's an idea and that's it. You know, it's not perfect, but this is it. And you can judge it whether you want to or not on that stage, but this is how far I came with it. Um, creating a final painting terrifies me because I never know when to quite finish it or if it gets ruined during the process. And, and the story of creating the painting and the process is more interesting than the finished painting usually anyway. So how to capture that, I'm not too sure, but I don't know. Yeah, I should just make prints. You're right. It's just printing's a pain in the ass. I don't, I don't know. Well, I don't know if you should. I just, I, I this, it's so interesting to me. It's like a, you put so much work into something and yet, um, uh like where is the value for you in it and it's like i guess process is so huge i just feel like uh you mentioned abstract art to me you mentioned your influences and i would assume and it like uh from the outside i'm you know this is me meeting you for the first time from the outside mm -hmm. i would assume stuff like that you'd be interested in I, and it's so fascinating yeah, I that should, i should be but it's a bit like doing taxes and investing in real estate it's <laughs> not fucking fun so it is different it. Yeah, yeah just kind of like yeah I'll do it if I have to, but no. Dude, you just compared really, painting like, to taxes. What's that? <laughs> you just compared painting to taxes. I love it. You know what? You know what? <laughs> Some of it is documentation is basically as fun as taxes for me. True. Very you know? true. But yeah. if you ever look at my organization, it's just desktop. All the files are on top of each other. <laughs> it's a nightmare. So I, yeah, I'm a child when it comes to doing that kind of boring stuff, um, unfortunately, because I know that's the key to becoming financially independent. But uh if I have to do it, I'll do it. But I don't have to right now. Man, mm. Maybe. Who knows? Hey, man, there's no have to at all. It's just, uh, it's, yeah, I I'm glad to see. It's just, I I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying learning about you and what it is you like. Uh, <laughs> everyone's got a different path. And I think, but it's cool that you're very honest with yourself about what you want out, out of this whole thing. Because again, it's too easy to be lost in the endless possibilities of art making and what your yes. path could end up. That's yeah. the, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I saw your. Uh, I have a question, like about your uh, process, and I think we're getting close to time. But uh, about your, like, seeing your process and how you get to your final painting, you've uh, uploaded a couple of kind of time lapses. And from my perspective, there's some paintings where you've shown where it's like you could have had a final product like five times, and they all look great, and yet you kept going until you got to this final that you thought was good. Um, yeah. So in those cases, is it is it something specific you're seeking and that's why you're not satisfied with where you've landed? Because to me, it's like, man, 
sometimes you in those it look like again you landed so many great things and you just keep pushing keep erasing until you get somewhere how how and why does that work for you like that um I'm going to quote David Lynch again. Uh, I'm trying to find uh, like the eye of the duck. Like you've got a duck, right? And duck looks mm -hmm. great to us. Um, and the eye is right where the eye should be, right? If the eye was on the beak, it, it's not, it's too noisy there and it's too, it's not right. If the eye was on the legs, you got too many interesting wrinkles going on. And then the, the eye is like a little special bead and it's right where it should be in your eye. It feels correct. And I know this is bullshit because the duck was evolved anyway, <laughs> but to us, right? And yeah. so when I'm painting, I'm trying to make the duck. I'm trying to find where the eye is and, and how everything should fit. Um, and it's hard because some mornings you get up and it's, it fits. And some mornings you get up, you look at it again and it doesn't. And so you're always trying to move these things around. Sorry, the eye of the duck is a wrong analogy. That's for where to put details, but trying to find something that, feels correct um and it's extremely hard to explain because yeah you're right i could sometimes stop and that would be the end of that painting um but the idea that there are infinite amount of paintings that could have been produced from one painting is kind of interesting to me mm -hmm. uh, so i'm not ashamed of it too much but it is frustrating because you yeah you are trying to find a finality and because digital is infinite i can go to color adjustment slider and slide it around and, and create even more versions and which one is correct and right i don't know uh it might just be a matter of it becoming midnight and i'm tired and i'm done with it and i want to move on and i, I hate a lot of my paintings usually because i just wow. want to just get it out like just finish it and so that's the state it ended up in so i don't really have an answer <laughs> i yeah i am looking for something and yeah, I would say it's not quite right until the end. Like, I'm not satisfied with those versions and I, I don't know why. It's something about the harmony of the colors or the variety or where the eye of the duck is, but you're looking for something. Um, and I don't know if you ever find it and you just run out of time, I guess. Yeah. But that, that's what's exciting about abstract art is that there is no really correct. I mean, there might be in terms of composition, but you're finding it and it's that process that is interesting. Because then you see what, why do you like that? And why do you like these mm. things? And you get rid of all the pre-context and stuff like that. Sometimes I feel like I'm so eager to get to the final that I end up with not a good final because I yes. did rush there. Like, and yes. so it, it's interesting to hear you say this. No, I got that too. Because Instagram, I haven't uploaded in ages. And I want to create stuff and I have things, but they're not quite, none of them are quite there. And I know for me to get something quite there in, in my terms, yeah. It's going to take a couple of intense nights and I'm, I don't have that time or I don't have that energy <laughs> anymore. So yeah. it's just that the final 5% takes days for me, um, which is frustrating. That's just how, that's just how it's made. Do you ever worry that, do you ever worry? And this is like, it's a question sometimes I ask myself that sometimes what I, sometimes maybe I should have left things at 95% because I yeah. ruin it. Of course. Yes. But like, that's usually just our, <laughs> people are gonna be looking at these things on their iPhone, on a terrible screen, on a good screen, most people aren't even gonna know. And so the image itself isn't even seen the same way by everyone. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of stupid that we worry about these slight tweaks when no one's gonna know. But if you're but, aware of it, uh, why do you care? If, if you may be aware. Know. 
<laughs> because I'm just like, honestly, this is like a, it's like selfish thing to say, but I just want to see more of your art. And this is part of the reason why I want to see your sketchbooks, because I think your stuff is amazing. But yeah. it's interesting to see how you hold yourself back. And I know that's probably what makes you great, too, because you hold yourself well, that's, back. In that's some my fear is when t- people tell me that I have to go, well, maybe they're right. Or maybe it's because I'm so ruthless to myself. That's the only reason any of my stuff is any good. Totally. And so I don't know which of those is true. So uh, it's a little, it's tough. I don't but know I if I'm right. Every artist probably has that, yeah. has that issue. But to me, this is why like, you gotta have like five, whatever, whatever you have, you gotta have some really good artist friends around you to kick you in the ass when like, cause they'll know better than you, you know? If they know you, if they really know you and they know your art, they'll know better, I feel like. I'll tell you whose fault it is. Uh, Matt Rhodes. Uh, art director for Bioware, very okay. talented man, mm-hmm. very nice man, once said, oh, I like Jeff's work. Everything he puts up has a lot of thought into it. And since he's told me that, everything <laughs> I put up, I go, would Matt Rhodes think there's a lot of, because sometimes there's not. And I go, oh, shit, well, I'm not going to put that up. So this is all your fault, Matt, if you ever listen to this. That's hilarious, man. But that's actually a good pressure to have. Like, it makes yeah, it's a, for you. <laughs> No, I'm honored because he's, he's, he's very, he's, he's prolific, uh, but it made me think and thinking but, sometimes occurs, I suppose. Dude, but you know, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder though. Like sure. yeah. people probably read into your art so much more than what you actually intended to be. They definitely do. Yeah. <laughs> Art's weird. It's strange to talk about and it, it's weird and dumb. I, I love it. I love it because it's that it's like, it matters and it doesn't mm-hmm. and it can be, and it, ca- it can cause millions and or it can be trash at the same time well this is why i appreciate that concept art exists so that i can not think too much it's like okay well i'm trying to tell a story here okay how does design tell that story and that's it you know it Mm -hmm. it simplifies things a little bit because at least you're not putting your own identity into it literally like with personal work and you can just fall back and say oh they asked me to do this so yeah how much pressure do you get from social media how much does it affect you and your art making uh quite a bit but because i've been you know uh dvnr came out in like 2002 three mm-hmm. and at that time i was maybe 16 17 starting college so my whole adult life i've had it um you know dvnr and then conceptart.org and then cg hub and then all the other ones mm-hmm. so it's always been a part of you know, you say, say your brain starts, finishes forming at that age. So it's always been there. So the relationship with it is strange. Uh, I haven't had too many bad experiences. I think because I, I don't, I don't try to push too many buttons. I've, you know, I've, I've said the wrong thing, wrong thing plenty <laughs> of times, um, like everyone else, but uh, it's, yeah, the validation's nice, obviously. Uh, it's probably warped me for the worse, but yeah. I, I'm glad it exists um, because like before that, the only people who saw your art was your parents and maybe someone at school. Yeah. And, and then you didn't know where you fit into the rest of the world, which is probably a, maybe a blessing, but uh, you know, I saw um, Stanley Lowe, Imaginism, what's his name? Stanley? Art Gym. Art Gym. Mm. Anyway, I saw his mm-hmm. stuff and people like that from Singapore and Korea, mostly weirdly. And I was like, wow, what is this digital stuff? And so I was looking at that and I'm like, I need to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I still doesn't look like there's it all in the end, but like, you know, learning from people and seeing what people do is always awesome. And totally. I'm frustrated, honestly, that when I was younger, because social media didn't exist, I didn't see these sites that promote 
all these illustration gods, like uh, these Russian guy, the Russian painters and Orientalism and all these things that are beautiful, which mm-hmm. wasn't taught to us at all because it was seen as kind of frivolous and kind of corny. Um, so yeah, I'm glad that we're in an era where everyone can see art no matter where you are or what it is, which is nice. For sure. Um, I think there's a lot of good out of it. Yeah, You get a lot of good out of it. But yeah, in terms of dealing with um, people, uh, it's tough. I mean, people are hard and terrifying. Yeah. Um, but I, I have a, I have avoidance syndrome. I, I avoid people and things once it's too much. I don't I don't <laughs> like conflict. So some people deal with that well, and some people deal with it poorly. But you know, the more people you have following you, the more you kind of have to avoid because otherwise you, you're trapped. Um, That's fair. So it's 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 interesting, but you know, I get enjoyment out of it. I, I like talking to people online, so you know. That's cool. Sounds healthy <laughs> enough, man. Sounds healthy enough. Well, I'm not. I'm not a healthy person, but uh, I. It's hard to give up. Certainly, um, mm. I don't want to feel like I'm in a vacuum again. So, Do you, uh, you probably get jobs through it too, right? Or well, of know. course. Well, it's weird yeah. now because. I mean, the art directors that would hire me are on Twitter and we're talking and it's like, yeah. it's, you know, so it's a small ass industry. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you get work through it. Certainly. If you don't put your work online, you won't get hired. That's yeah. the reality. All right. I, I'm going to have to, uh, man, it's like so good to talk to you. You're, I love how yeah. thoughtful you are. I've got a couple of questions, but I know we got to wrap it up. Hey, um, whatever you want. Um, uh, what what artist has had a big impact on you? Um, yeah, probably James Jean. Growing up, the growing up, I was like eighteen to twenty at the time. Yeah. James Jean certainly changed me a lot. Um, Justin Sweet, of course, who I work with now, which is terrifying. Um, <laughs> you know, Ashley Wood stuff was really cool, um, but a lot of. Um, traditional painters like uh, Lucian Freud, I really loved. Mm. I still do. Um, people like that. Stuff with texture and, and stuff with life in it. <laughs> less, uh, mm, I suppose not James Jean, but less idealizing things and more, I guess, deifying things, like appreciating things that are wrong and sort of mm. respecting that about things is what I like to see. I don't like to see things that are, this is perfect. I like, yeah, look how smooth it is. Like nothing good is smooth really. I don't know. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, I, and I, I can see that in your art. Um, what advice do you wish you got before you went to post-secondary? Before I went to post-secondary? Oh yeah. Cause like I'd love to go back to school. I wasted my years, but my school was weird. Emily Carr was very, academic weirdly and also very um highbrow high art and so mm-hmm. as an 18 year old you don't want to hear about that crap you want to hear technical things you want to be good drawing you know mm-hmm. you don't want to you don't want to think i want to think now though so it's weird it's in reverse totally. um i wish uh, i i either wish i focused more on my technical skills or i wish i learned to just it, it's fine just tr- literally try to learn all these programs because they will be very helpful. I know they're boring, but just try. Mm-hmm. <laughs> try harder, I suppose, is what I wish yeah. I knew. Actually, uh, yeah, I, just, uh, I wrote down some questions about that. How many, like, it, it's amazing that you came out at Emily Carr and you got into concept art knowing that the technical side 
Hmm. Maybe it's changing now, but it didn't seem like to be the focus. Um, how did you, like, you, I, one, I feel like you might, did you train all of this stuff yourself? And mm -hmm. how many of your peers yeah. actually, yeah? Just DeviantArt. Mm -hmm. I, learned, I learned to paint from DeviantArt. <laughs> and how many of your peers uh, from school actually ended up in the same industry as well? Uh, not many. I mean, we had a class of, in my degree program, we had maybe 30 people, I want to say. Maybe 10 of them maybe went to the industry, but it's hard to tell. Some people I don't know, maybe a bit more. We had a good class, though. And mm. I remember the first day of Emily Carr, they said only 2% of you are going to go into the arts professionally. So, <laughs> Encouraging. Exactly. So we were so sort of, we already had our hopes low. <laughs> so it feels good if like 10 out of 30 ended up in the industry. But True. this is, it's very nuanced. Depends what school you go to, depends what your teachers are. Depends a lot, mostly on you. You can't blame your school if you're bad. <laughs> it's like, it's not their problem. Um, everything is online now. Everything you can get for free or very cheap. You have yeah. no excuse now. It's ridiculous. Blender's free. Blender tutorials are free. Uh, like, can you imagine this generation of artists coming up? Well, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, how good are these? Because I had to do a grad film in school. How good mm. are the grad films now that Blender and ZBrush and all these render programs are absolutely free and great and easy to learn? Like, yeah. we had Maya, you know, and some ZBrush, but we were all bad at it. And yet, now that they must look amazing. Or maybe not. I, I, I'm really curious. I don't know. I wonder. I wonder if that when the tools are that strong, if the art itself suffers, or that's when it probably, used to shine. Probably it used to curse. shine more, right? I bet it's a curse. I bet like everything is maybe easier to make, but probably will it looks worse. I don't know. Or everything looks like the and, same. Yeah. It may be. It'd be interesting to. I'd actually like to look at that because. Grad films were an interesting thing. <laughs> we should go. We should go to Emily Carr grad show when it's happening. Let's go check that Yo, out. Yo, I will. I will. Yeah. When they have the let's, shows again, I'll go with you. Okay, let, let, well, let's do that. You can judge them and be, be really mean. <laughs> let's be very grumpy, grumpy old people who are jaded. Uh, back in my day, we only had Flash. Maya. <laughs> I just had. Well, when I was doing it, we just they just introduced HD to us, so some of us had HD films. Ooh, wow. 1080. Mine was not, so whatever. <laughs> Is your can we see your uh, film online? Is it somewhere? No, no. But if if someone's very intrepid and they're listening to this, they could probably go to the Emily Carr Archives and Library and dig it up. Um, Please do. Send me a copy because I want one. I've lost it, so let me know. Okay. I hope I hope they someone can do that. Yeah. I hope so. I know they have it somewhere because they don't lose anything in that school. So. <sighs> Jeff, man, this was so good. Uh, hey. This was yeah. The, I, it's sunny now too. We can go out. That's, that's right. And then we, we got this podcast down and we can get up. But thank you, man. I, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know yeah. you're busy. And as we talk, there's never enough time. So this means a lot to me. Cool. Hey, whenever, anytime you want. I hope uh, people uh, learned a lot. Where can people find your work? Cool. Where uh, where, where do you think they should look? Uh, oh, sorry. Where, um, uh, uh, Instagram, just type in Jeff Simpson, KH, I guess, Instagram. Is your, is your Patreon still going? Should we push it's that still one there? I do. I, I'm trying a little harder now to get stuff up. Don't uh, don't expect miracles. Just uh, you know, don't don't do it. You know, don't. don't <laughs> Man, just please give Jeff money so he can just do his own thing and don't because then there's more pressure. Well, I don't, I don't know. I'm not good with money. I don't know what to do. <laughs> do it or don't. But if you want to, if you want to give me three bucks a month because you feel like it, or do it one month and to look at everything and cancel, do it. Go nuts. 
That's good advice from Jeff. <laughs> uh, nice, man. Uh, well, so thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you so much to Jeff Simpson for doing this. The, uh, this is more fascinating than I expected. So um, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see your art grow. Oh, come on, man. I, um, I'm, I'm excited to see uh, some abstract paintings coming up in the future and see how mm. you express yourself. Uh, it will be really fascinating. You're so thoughtful about art and w what it is, and you're so also hard on yourself uh, that it, it, it's going to be very interesting to see how you develop yourself and yeah, what it really means to you. So I, yeah, looking forward to that. Me too. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, people. Uh, stay safe out there, and I'll talk to you soon.